right or I can no, I think we're actually uh, we're we're all good on that front. I'm just um, because my laptop is having an absolute conniption. I am uh, I'm hearing sort of not dribs and drabs, but I'm getting that kind of a staticky, you know, cutting in and out. So I'm coming through loud and clear, according to Simon, and you're coming a little bit choppy to me. Is I think we're all I think we're all okay now. My laptop has actually ceased to stop. You know, <laughs> it it stopped its mini seizures, so I think we're okay. Okay, I have I'm running a mic into a weird effects thing, so I can. Do stuff like this. Whoa! Sorry. <laughs> so, I was just making sure. I just I was making sure that I had it set up correctly there. So yeah, that, that would have been like whatever about this podcast. That's fine. But if you had to do like a job interview over Zoom, that's the last thing you'd want. Oh yeah, no, it's horrible. <laughs> I, I did a Zoom gig once and I forgot I had it on, and uh, it was like it was it was set really low, like this, <laughs> and it just terrified everyone. So. <laughs> Welcome along, ladies and gents, to the one and only podcast solely dedicated to reeling in the years. It's Reeling in Your Ears, the most popular Irish history podcast based on a TV series in Eastern Europe. And I have the facts to prove that, too. Um, Speaking of Eastern European, to join me as always on this audio adventure, if he was a chess player from a former Soviet state, I'd say he was my checkmate. But he's not. He's my co-host from Wicklow, so he's a Bradio DJ. It's Simon Chadwick. Like, here, now you're getting on. Not too bad. That was that's, a good one. That's, I like it. That's good. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was that, that, that pun just held up. Just about. It kind of fell off near the end. But you look, we, you know, we're, we're, we're good. good. We're, we're good. Um, and back again in the rotating third hot seat, it's comedian Brian McCormack. Hello, how are you keeping? All good in the hood. Um, so yeah, we've been we've we've had to kind of push the scheduling forward a bit, uh, because Simon decided to try his hand at rugby again. How are the hips holding up? They all good, the knees good. All good, yeah, all good. Um the the body is fine. I actually I had that match on Friday and then I went to a wedding last night. So I'm actually more sore from the wedding <laughs> um than than I was from the rugby match the night before. So a bit tender. Tender, yeah, you can hear it in my voice. There may or may not have been a sing song. Oh, by the sounds uh, there was. Yeah, of of which I I I would be known to partake ah, uh, nice. of, of, a, of a sing song, you know, from time to time. So, uh, so my voice is a little hoarse, which isn't great when you're coming to do a podcast. But hopefully, it'll hold up for the next uh, next ninety minutes or so. Yeah, we've we've certainly got quite a lot to go through. To be fair, uh, this is one of the more interesting episodes, shall we? Say. There's a lot to unpack on this episode. Just, just, just a little bit, yeah. Um, so look, we get started. Uh, so we open up this year as John Bruton, the future Taoiseach, uh, takes to the stage because Fine Gael are hip and down with kids. They give Twink a lot of money to storm the stage. Uh, if you don't know who Twink is. Don't Google her. Google Adele King instead. It'll save your missus from getting suspicious. Um, (laughs) Ructions from the crowd as Bruton channels his inner hahi and plants one on Twink's face. Uh, She makes a joke about getting into bed with Charlie, which I mean was the style at the time. Uh, There was one young man in the crowd who looked so unimpressed as if he wanted to make some changes in government. And instead, he got a washed up comedian who likes to start fights with Linda Martin. 
What's the story with was she always like how she is now with because I had to, I had to Google the words twink birds because there's stories of her bringing her parrot into like the super value and getting banned out of it like but I don't know and then there is um Michael Fry I don't know if you follow him on Twitter I he did it he did like an album of like songs and one of them was like a, a one where she abused someone over the phone or something like he was it her husband I believe or somebody I think did her husband cheat on her and, and, and the line zip up your mickey yeah is, uh, is the famous line from that it was a voicemail I think she left when maybe under the influence I I of of, of alcohol I'm not sure uh, but yeah that Michael Fry uh, song he's excellent yeah. yeah but like is was she like that how she, based on the those two things was she like that back in in 91 when this happened as well or was it that something she, happened since or i don't know i think she was always just a bit mental to be fair um there was always that i just i just know that there was a big bust up between her and linda martin and that's really all i know about twink um that and like with the time she kind of came out as you know an actor or whatever people were like oh you can't call yourself that that's a dirty dirty word um you know but other than that yeah, i don't yeah. really know a whole hell of a lot about her I know she's in pantos and stuff, but yeah. apart from that, yeah, that's 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 really it. But um, yeah, I just felt it was all a bit like I don't know. It was a bit out of place to have Twink at a at a Finnegale party. So you know that'll be like I don't know Finnegale doing something now, and I don't know bringing out uh, I don't know Bilbar. I'm not, <laughs> not saying Twink is on that level, but you know it just it, the two just don't seem to go together really well. I, that would call a public inquiry into spending of public money. That's like Bill Burke is costing a lot to book nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, to be fair, yeah, he probably would. I was trying to think of like a, a good Irish comedian these days, and then I realized there really are no good Irish proper comedians these days. I mean, no offense to the comedians we've had on, but you know, I'm talking about the ones who would get invited to a Fianna Gael bash. Uh, you know, most of, most of them are Facebook comedians these days, and you know. Rory stories think, or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There we go. That's like Finnegan bringing out Rory stories. Although he probably would fit in. Name the RTE impressionist. Who? Oh, uh, uh, um, Oliver Callan. Callan. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He gets yeah. maybe not the political gigs because I guess he sends up the politicians, but he gets a lot of those like uh, corporate events. Like I've been at a couple of corporate events that he does, and he's painful. He is to, uh, yeah. to sit through. I I don't like him at all because he no. had a huge falling out with uh, Mario Rosenstock. I think the two of them yeah. used to do it together. And then there was a whole thing. But then, like, I think it was like a fight over who did who got to do what voices. And, um, like, Mario Rosenstock was like, yeah, whatever. But this Callum fella just didn't let it go. And just a, his face bothers me, too. So, I mean, that's not... Uh, he's got, like, an Al Porter punchable face, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, can, I, I don't know. Can, you, we, can we discuss Al Porter? I was going to say, can you, mention, can you mention him? Well, I, I mean, I've had experiences, but oh, I don't want to bring yeah. him up. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I've met him once or twice. But hey, look, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not saying that anything that isn't public knowledge. And if he wants to, you know, take it up, come at me, bitch. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, but, uh, up next, Ian Paisley visits Dublin. Uh, and boy, this should end well. Um, also, is it just me or has, in terms of reeling in the years, has he aged significantly in the last few years? He looks so old here. Um, I think in the last episode I was on in '89, he ha- he still had some black hair. I think. Yeah, he must have stopped dying it in '90. <laughs> yeah, the hair is the hair is definitely a lot lighter here. Mm. And um, it's hilarious to me how the show is actually playing shiny, happy people, considering Paisley is neither shiny, happy, or people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
wasn't the last I think one of the last times we saw him he was getting kicked out of the European Parliament he was, uh, in was actually. it 88 yes, uh, for, for uh, protesting against the Pope but now he's down here protesting against uh, Brooke Peter what's his name Peter Brooke yeah his decision to entertain the Anglo-Irish conference. Um, he's there for literally half an hour uh, before leaving. And you thought I was home or goes to New York. He obviously cannot stand the sight of being <laughs> in Dublin. In fairness, uh, that's some feat to only be in Dublin for 30 minutes with the traffic. Like, uh, gets yeah, into place, like... <laughs> it must have been like on the very, very like outskirts of Dublin. As in like you could literally drive five minutes with no traffic and you'd be in Kildare sort of job. Yeah, he gets... Stuck at the red cow roundabout, and he just turns around or something. <laughs> yeah, and we and we get a brief glimpse of his daughter, who we also saw in a oh, previous yeah. episode. Uh, Rhonda is that Rhonda Paisley? Um, holding one of his protest signs. Um, God, like I'm just, just the Paisleys just, yeah. <laughs> They bother me. If you're gonna, bring... we've been watching. This is our thirtieth episode, and Isaiah <laughs> Paisley has been in. I don't know. 28 of them yeah, and like he easily. just he annoys me yeah I mean look we get a great laugh off him and all but I mean if you're going to protest you know don't don't bring the kids because it just doesn't really reinforce your point that you have support if you, if, if the only support you're bringing is your kids it's like our local 5G protest happens every month in town and it's one woman with her two six-year-olds and it just you know it, it's, it's like you're not really you're not really showing me that other people care here it, 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 wait, it happens every month. Would it not yeah. take more effort to? Well, okay, Jesus. <laughs> Would it not take more effort to actually read up on what five G is? And also, does it not kind of show that you have the same uh, mindset as six year olds <laughs> if they're going along with it? Like, yeah, this. Uh, Hello. This, oh wait, no. Oh God, are they interfering with five G? <laughs> the five G is uh, the five G is stopping us. Yeah, I think we're we're good now. I think um, my 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 laptop had another meltdown, and uh, we're 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 here. We're good. Um, they on to us, but we're here. Yes, exactly. I mentioned five G, and the bloody mic goes down. I got to stop. Oh, oh, I'm going to invest in tinfoil hats. Um, and um, in uh, the rugby, Ireland take on Australia in the World Cup quarterfinals. Australia take the win by one point, and the crowd goes dead silent. Uh, Simon, you're our resident rugby expert. Any more? Light you can shed on this particular. Um, yeah, I mean, this would have been this would have been just a massive upset. Um, so, like Ireland, oh, we spoke about this before. We saw them win the triple crown in '85, and I told yeah. you in that episode that we would not see anything positive for, uh, for on Irish rugby for about 15 years. And this was the closest we got. Um, getting to play a World Cup quarterfinal in Lansdowne Road, um, as it was then, and uh, the main the main World Cup was mostly in, on in Britain, but we got a couple of games. Um, and yeah, I mean, Australia went on to win it. So, like, they were the top team at the, at the time. Basically, professional in all but name. The rugby wasn't professional back then, but the players in the Southern Hemisphere were pretty much semi-pro, if you want to call it that, under the table. Whereas the Irish players were amateurs in the, the true extent of the world, the word. And it would have been a massive upset had Ireland won. And you could hear it in the crowd when we scored the try there. Uh, Gordon Hamilton, famous try. And uh, what you might notice actually, if you if you were watching the clip of you know the amount of fans that run on to celebrate with him uh which is which is just great but then one of them decides he's not going to celebrate he's just going to stand over the australian players on the ground and yell abuse at him uh which is uh which is which is beautiful uh just you know because rugby rugby fans would probably tell you that uh you know well, rugby's a, a different to football and you wouldn't get that but this fella this fella couldn't resist uh having a go at <laughs> david campesi or whoever it was and then yeah in typical irish rugby fashion of that era it turned out to be 
just a moral victory rather than a real one because uh, uh, Michael Lina popped up uh, with that uh, late try. And as you say, I've, I mean, that's like, you never hear a crowd go that quiet that quickly. That just shows wow. it just sucked all the energy out of the place. This um, was in Lansdowne Road, wasn't yeah, it? Back yeah. in, uh, okay, I was watching it. Uh, my girlfriend, Maeve, she's from America. So when she saw the people jumping out into the stands, she was like, is this a football yeah. match? What? Why, why, what is this? And I'm like, oh, no, that's that's uh, that's you spare National Stadium for two away gigs. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, God, I yeah. Even in 1991, it was dated. Yeah, <laughs> that's then wrote. Um, but yeah, look, it was a, it was a yeah a, a, a moral victory which we specialised in for a long time um, in in many sports, but particularly in rugby. Uh, so where you don't actually win, but everyone goes, "Geez, weren't they great?" And they nearly won. <laughs> um, they yeah. nearly beat Australia, and then you, and then you fool yourself into thinking, "Sure, if we'd won that game, we would have been world champions." No, exactly. There you have it. Like you say, it's a moral victory. Uh, the fact that we nearly won is as good, just as good as winning. And uh, yeah, later on, you'll find out it pretty much was the same spirit for the Football World Cup. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, in Iraq, the sky is green as we see what looks like a fireworks display, but it's rockets as Operation Desert Storm is underway. Uh, George Bush says our goal is not the conquest of Iraq, but the liberation of Kuwait. Uh, we see people in gas, ma- gas masks as there is the idea that Iraq will retaliate with chemical weapons uh we see things such as the patriot missile defense system the bombing of saudi and israeli cities uh and a shelter being struck killing hundreds of women and children um it's just that those images have just flooded been flooded on the news for the last 20 odd years you're just just a shot of what looks like a ghost town somewhere in the desert being rockets propelling into the sky it's really hard to actually kind of i guess sympathize because you're like seen this ongoing for like the last 20 years but totally desensitized to it now yeah the desert storm is kind of like it's one of those ones that come to mind when you think of like every video game movie oh, yeah. that's come out that's basically just inspired um any fascination with war or the army or anything like that it's like the desert storm is up there with like the names that pop out like in your mind like yeah it's like yeah, the, I, the total romanticism of war is what kind of Desert Storm and the Iraq War and all that kind of is. Yeah, and this this is one. Um, this is a war that really changed how war was covered in the media. Um, when you when you see all these images, and you just said like you're so used to seeing these now, um, but back in the early nineties, you, you, like, this was this was covered in a way that it hadn't been by news networks over in the US, and it kind of. Uh, um, was the first like they didn't have 24-hour news then but there were live news bulletins of you know cities being bombed or or whatever it was going on you know the various different things um and it kind of it was the first war like that where there was actually like kind of running coverage of it um not just your evening news but like during the day cnn those kind of those kind of stations starting to show it and it it, it led to the the 24-hour news channels that was we have this now one, I, I i was watching a separate document entry about the 90s and there I, I don't know if it was desert storm but it was an operation where they were showing on television so much that people were like oh it's almost like a video game and people and they were like oh no this isn't the message we were trying to send how about how easy it is to, to kill people in another country it like it was like they, they used it as a vehicle to show off their arms so that other countries would be afraid but instead it just became like oh yeah it's like the this stuff i play on my computer like yeah I don't know if it was Desert Storm. It might have been a later uh, operation that they did. 
yeah, there, 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 there's so many. It's it's so hard to keep track of because I think like I'm I'm terrible with numbers, but like America was is like I don't know for argument's sake like 300 years old, and they've been at war for like 298 years from that. So, um, you know, there's just just really hard to keep track of where are they now, what weapons have they now. But one thing that sticks out to me is when very famously they went looking for nuclear weapons in Iraq and couldn't find any. Uh, now that you know in Desert Storm they were like, oh, there's chemical weapons. They didn't use any. We didn't see any, you know. So yeah. it's like they're they're just guessing. Uh, they're like, oh well, they, they've got big, big, scary weapons. Do they? They have a big, they have a big giant tub of pseudocreme. Could use it on us. <laughs> yeah. It's like you know they have weapons, but so do you. Yeah, but they're not allowed to have them. Um, <laughs> and uh, Bono is looking sexy as he dons the huge sunglasses and leather in the video for The Fly uh, and speaking of insects here's John Major and his arse chin um, he says it's clear that Iraq cannot win this conflict but there's a long way to go before they've lost uh, thanks John um, the land war portion of Desert Storm also begins as the Allied Coalition helps liberate Kuwait plenty celebrations amongst the Kuwaiti people as Storman Norman uh, accepts the Iraqi surrender and you know in typical American fashion, oil fields are burning, seas drenched in oil, 50,000 plus dead, but fuck yeah, America. Uh, as the Kurds escape persecution <laughs> and flee to refugee camps, Saddam is quashing multiple revolution attempts amidst his retention of power in Iraq. Um, so, you know, the Iraqis surrender, but Saddam still got the power, which I guess more, he's just able to, you know, go back and do what Saddam usually does, and that's make people disappear. Like a magician. <laughs> yeah, like the world's most sinister magician, uh, Saddam Hussein. Yeah, he... Yeah, he, uh, yeah it, I mean, knowing what we know now and that this would basically all happen again mm. uh, in, a, in a different way, but it would all happen again, you know, in our life, in our later in our lives. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty... And I think when this episode was made, it was probably around that time. Um, so it's kind of, again, just that knowing, like, uh, reeling in the ears reference to, like, yeah, they didn't kill Saddam and we all know what's going to happen now yeah my favorite kind of I, I guess thing within relation to Saddam Hussein you remember that famous video of the, the statue of Saddam being torn down and um, the, the guys who tore it down take off their shoes and hit him with it um, apparently that's a huge thing in like Middle Eastern countries a sign of disrespect is in you're not worth the foot so I'm just going to beat you with the shoe um, around okay. the time that happened in like the 2000s um, when, the, tro- when the, the trophy when the statue came down people started beaten this was like all over the news the next day there was one of the guys in class and he was sitting back on his chair and he leaned back too far and fell off his chair and unanimously just a load of people around him just took off their shoes and started hitting him with it oh, <laughs> so i'd like to thank saddam for setting the precedent worldwide of when somebody falls over just take off your shoe and whack him with it i like that i like that i like yeah. that mentality yeah, it's. I mean, don't do it in work. It's alright to do it in school, but you probably get to do it in work. <laughs> if you imagine if you did it in work and it was just a knee jerk reaction, it's like, why are you doing what Saddam did? And well, no, this is this yeah. is primary school stuff. Like, <laughs> stop beating me with a shoe. Um, meanwhile, back home, we see a cast of young, uh, or sorry, a young cast, including a very, very young Glenn Hansard, uh, as it's one of the best Irish films of all time. The Commitments, part of the Barrytown Trio. Um, you see, oh, you, you must have seen this film. 
Oh yeah, yeah. There's yeah, I, yeah. I've I I had a I mean my friends in college we were kind of big into Glen Hansard and the frames. I haven't oh, I've fallen out since, but we went to the twenty-fifth anniversary nice. of it down in uh, the American Cork. And it's kind of cool because like the guitar he plays, the the black telecaster, he bought that with the money from the commitments. And I think it's the one he uses in um the film as well. And then uh. They brought out the original lineup of the frames from back then. And one of them, the bassist is, um, I can't remember his name, but he's the director for once. And then he did um, Sing Street and that one with um, Adam Levine and uh, your one from Star Wars. I can't remember it, but it was, yeah, it was kind of cool. Like it, 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 the commitments kind of spawned off like a whole generation of um, yeah. like music films and then just a whole industry from uh, the 90s onward um, but yeah the, the scene they chose for this and then the tie into Michael Jackson it was it's it, yeah. <laughs> it the, the dubs are the blacks of Ireland yeah and then it goes into Michael Jackson's black or white uh, yeah that is actually perfect timing you know, it's, <laughs> I, I heard before I think it was a Glenn Hansard interview where he said that he wasn't actually supposed to be in this film he brought a friend of his he gave a lift to a friend of his to go to this audition. And I think at the time, the, the casting for the commitments were looking, they said it was easier to get musicians who could act than get actors to, you know, play, to, to learn instruments. So uh, Glenn Hansard was waiting on his friend outside after the audition. And some guy came out and was like, hey, you trying out? And he was like, oh, no, I'm just do it your man. And he was like, well, can you play an instrument? But yeah, right, come in and try out. So he went in and tried out and ended up getting the role that his, his friend went for. So yeah. th- th- things could have been a hell of a lot different for old, uh, old Glenn Hansard. I don't know where the rest of them are gone. I know uh, Bronnie Gallagher is still around. She she did a single with um, the guitarist from the Cranberries recently, but I don't know where the rest of the band are, or if they're still alive or not. They did a, um, they did a, a show, because it's 30 years, obviously, since this. So uh, uh, there was a, a three-part um, documentary, Roddy Doyle, going back to... Uh, back to um, Barrystown or whatever um, kind of thing, but he was basically going back to the to where the films were 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 all recorded and they got the old actors in and they got so they had loads of people from the commitments on that. Oh, okay. Um, so I think a lot of them are still involved in like either music industry or obviously as uh, in acting. Um, and uh, in Maastricht, home of the famous treaty, of course, uh, European leaders discuss an agreement which would set a 1999 deadline for a single EU currency, uh, which gentlemen is today's pop quiz so oh here we go here we go so i'm going to try and clarify this as clear as possible uh how many single currencies were in the eu before the euro so to clarify how many separate currencies within the eu not europe in the eu were there before the euro came so how many so i'm going to start with simon simon what do you think how many currencies separate currencies would have been in the eu before okay so now when you say separate currencies like obviously there's the english pound and the irish pound are they two separate currencies or is that one because they're both pounds that would be two different currencies okay perfect uh i say perfect as if i know uh i don't know <laughs> let's say I, I can't remember how many countries are in the eu uh, back in 1991 but i'm gonna say 15 okay 15 is a good guess uh brian have a guess i'm so how many countries were part of the european union in 1991 i have no idea <laughs> i'm trying to think of the ones that are kind of like still around now because like there would have been the irish punt the sterling i don't know if the kroner or whatever it's called up in scandinavia was around there's I think pesos that might be Mexico uh, the franc the Swiss franc um, 
whatever Germany had, uh, the Deutschmark. Um, I know Romania still has their own one, but I don't know, the, the communism only fell a couple of years around that. Uh, I'm going to say about 22. Okay, so we've got 22 and 15. So the actual answer is 19. Uh, now, oh, wait, does, who, who, who wins? <laughs> uh, 22, 19, 15. Four, three. Yeah, You're closer, default, I think. Yeah, Brian by three. Yeah, Brian. By yes. Three. Um, yeah, I, I, default. I, I, default. Default. <laughs> the greatest two words in the English language. Default. Um, yeah, I couldn't. Uh, I lost the list, but again, pretty much everything you've just called out there, Brian, was in there. Uh, you know, like the Krona, the Deutschmark, uh, the Irish punt, the British pound, sterling. Um, yeah, pretty much everything was in there. And then, of course, like they said, a 1999 deadline. Um, but I've often found it strange because we obviously adopted it in 2002. Um, but I don't know, was it actually in circulation in 99? Because I do see often a few coins going around and it'll say 99 or 2000 on it. But I don't remember. I thought like 2002 was the deadline. I thought everyone time. switched in, in 2002. Yeah, that's what Ew. I thought. I, th- I, th- I know there are some countries, like I think you can find coins from like Spain or Germany that have it from like 94 or something. Yeah. But I yeah. don't know what what uh, if when do we all join on like maybe it was when they were minted because um you know I'm quite the I won't say a nerd because I kind of you know in order to be a nerd of something you have to know about it but um I I, I when I get a coin with something that's not Irish on it I like to look it up um so yeah I think it probably is when they're minted but I do know that if you do happen to get uh, a twenty or ten cent coin with the little stick man on the back of it it could be worth 20,000 euro because um, that's one of the more rare ones in circulation. You should have a look if you get a chance to the website. I think it's called Your Coin or something, E-U-R Coin. Uh, and it'll tell you the value of and the circulation amount of certain amount of coins. So you never know, you could be carrying around shrapnel that's made its way halfway across the, you know, the continental Europe and ended up in your pocket. Could be Wait, worth more than a 10 cent. The stick man with like, it's like the wavy arms sort of thing. I, uh, yeah. I feel like I've seen that recently. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, I think it's like, if it's the only the 10 cent and 20 or maybe it's the two euro i can't remember it's one of them anyway have a look at it because it could be worth quite a quite a bit of money as i think there was only something like ten thousand made which seems like a lot but in terms of money it's not really so oh what if you took out all the money from your bank and go into the bank and ask for it all the back in two euros just to see if you can get the, the rare one <laughs> if i went to the bank and said can i have my entire balance in two euros i would have probably two two euro coins. <laughs> And, and and the moth that flew out, <laughs> and this uh, the the ending of our pop quiz this week brings me to our latest segment. So let's see if you did our homework. So Simon's tweet or Twitter page, Twitter page of the week, whichever I'll come up with a better name for it. Simon's favorite Twitter page. Simon, have you found any other interesting pages on Twitter for us? I have found loads, but I'm just going to drip feed them one episode at a time. Good, um, good, I like it. Um, so the one I. Chosen for this week because I just love the effort that goes into it for what it is. So this, uh, this, this, excuse me, is a Twitter account with I think over four hundred thousand followers at last count. Um, let me just check it here again. Uh, yeah, four hundred fourteen thousand followers of at Big Ben Clock. That's Big <laughs> underscore Ben underscore Clock. Okay. Okay. This page has been running since two thousand and nine. Oh, wow, uh, and it is a page dedicated to Big Ben. The uh, the the avatar, or the the profile picture, or whatever, is a crudely drawn. <laughs> <Big Ben. laughs> and basically, what this uh, all this Twitter account does is every hour, uh, it tweets bong 
<laughs> or, you know, sometimes bong, 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 every hour on the hour. That's all it does. Wait, did it stop? Did it stop doing the bongs when it was being worked on? Well, I, d- actually, that's a good question. I don't because it. it was it was being fixed know. up for like a year or so, and people were going nuts about not hearing the bong or losing. Yeah. Tra- people across London were losing track that's of time. Right. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to click back through it all because there's yeah. been uh, there's been. Does it give you a count of how many tweets? Usually, it does, doesn't it? I can't see here. Oh, that many, would that uh, would be how many times it's tweeted. That'd be counting but, how many uh, hours since the account opened as well. Exactly right. So wow. like it's it's every hour. The hour for 24. So, like the last tweet, it's now uh, to pull back the curtain a bit, it's 10 past the hour at the minute. And okay, eight minutes ago, but maybe my internet is updating here. The last tweet was bong, 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 <laughs> which is eight bongs, I assume, uh, because it was eight o'clock. That's it. That's exactly oh, I wonder if they have like a microphone set up to hear the amount of bongs coming from it and then it like auto types it before it hits send in real time. That would be so, so much more. <laughs> somebody does this. Uh, I guess they schedule the tweets probably, but like somebody does this, you know, yeah. and keeps it going. And it's been going for 12 years. There's a comedy writer, um, Megan Amram. She, she writes for The Simpsons and Parks and Recreation. But during Trump's presidency, she would tweet every single day. Um, this is the day that President Donald Trump became president. And like, you can track how many likes it's gotten over the four years, but the most it's gotten was when... Uh, Biden was elected in because <laughs> it oh. automatically tweeted again <laughs> the day afterwards. Like, oh my god! And people were like, "Well, hey, it's finally happened." <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! I love those minimal Twitter pages of that that are like so simple in execution, but they're just hilarious. And the best one that's pretty much exactly like the Big Ben one uh, is is the Twitter page is test still dead, and it's basically the. Uh, a Twitter page dedicated to a daily update on whether 90s wrestler Test, aka Andrew Martin, is still dead. And every day it literally just tweets, yes. Um, uh, which is just, so if you've ever wondered to yourself, I wonder if Test is still dead, go on Twitter and find, is Test still dead? <laughs> we'll just tell you, yes. Um, so uh, before we move on, give us that page again, the, the, the at. Uh, that is at big underscore ben underscore clock brilliant that's uh, yeah no he doesn't follow anybody or they don't follow anybody but they've oh. got 414 thousand followers it, uh it always sticks in my yeah crawl. just i i love the genius of it but also the just the, the 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 dedication to just tweeting like the irrelevance of it and the dedication to keeping it updated is just outstanding <laughs> Top notch, top notch. Um, so, uh, up next, in the States, the sports world is shocked by the revelation that Magic Johnson has to retire as he's HIV positive. Uh, not really a whole hell of a lot surrounding this, other than it just reminds me of the South Park episode where he figured out he can cure AIDS if you rub yourself in money. So he goes to Africa to tell all the starving African people, hey, just rub yourself in money and you'll be cured of AIDS. That's that's really all there was to that. Um <laughs> I know, right? Just totally fucking messed up. Um, yeah, this is this is this was this was really big news at the time because I guess you hadn't had a big athlete. And like Magic Johnson is a massive star, or the massive oh, yeah. star in uh, in 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 the NBA. Um, uh, one of the two biggest stars of the eighties, Magic and Larry Bird, mm. uh, who like revitalized the NBA really from what it uh, from what it had been. In, which was in the seventies, which was not very popular and not on TV yeah. and, and all that, and they kind of made they kind of popularized it. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of. I mean, there was a the, one of the reasons he had to retire. Obviously, they didn't know a lot about AIDS back then in terms of 
you know, even transmission and stuff like that, they were still unsure whether he would transmit it. Um, but like a lot of players, you know, didn't want to play with him, didn't want to be in a dressing room with him or play against him. They were worried if he sweated on them that they might yeah. catch something or whatever. I mean, he subsequently he played. He played in the 92 Olympics, so he, did, he didn't stay retired for long. But uh, yeah, it's pretty... Uh, pretty uh pretty shocking at the time there's similar stuff happening now i think with the nba where there's uh, some players that are spreading misinformation and they're not vaccinated but i think they have it that like some i think depending on like the state the players can lose their pay if they don't play or yeah. if they're not vaccinated or yeah. something at the moment it's, like yeah so it's it's it, like a lot of it has to do as well with the sports uh what do they call it the sporting commission i guess state by state um because a lot of them are very like politically you know, handed and they've got a lot of like rules and regulations. Like there's a very famous story. Um again to tie back to professional wrestling, but there was a guy who had a tryout for WWE and his name was Hannibal Smith, I think. Um and basically I yeah, had a tryout and they were like, Yeah, we want you, you're brilliant, come back in a month, whatever. And in that month he had a match with a very famous deathmatch wrestler called Abdullah the Butcher. Uh Abdullah the Butcher had HIV and continued to wrestle despite being asked not to. His finishing thing was that he would stab you in the head with a fork after he stabbed himself in the head with a fork. What so, the fuck? Like, like, a, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like yeah. a like a table fork or like yeah, a like gardening a, fork? No, like a dinner fork. I mean okay. we're not committing mass murder here. Come on. But um <laughs> he would uh, yeah, he'd stab himself in the head with a fork and then he would stab his opponent in the head with a fork, making both of you bleed. And as a result, this Hannibal gentleman contracted HIV. So when he went back to sign his contract for WWE, they basically did a medical on him, found out he had HIV and tore up his contract, said you'll never work in this business with HIV. So Jesus. be careful who you there's a, there's, the there's, a, there's a tradition with wrestling. Isn't there like a thing called blading or something where... Uh, I don't know what. Yeah, I know there's um, the lead singer of Queens of the Stone Age. He went, he went nuts at a gig once. It was the one where he kicked a camera woman, like he kicked the camera out of a woman's hand and it mashed into her head or whatever. But he, but before he did that, he took out a knife and he cut his forehead. And apparently, it's it's like a wrestling thing or something. I've never heard of it though. Yeah, it's like a, I suppose to peel back the curtain here. I'm not telling people something that you know doesn't isn't already out there. But you know, I've 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 done a bit of commentary and shit like that for wrestling, so I've I've kind of been I suppose on the inside, uh, but. A lot of them, what they do is uh, two very popular methods is cutting a corner off an actual razor blade, sellotaping it to your wrist tape. And then when the time is right, you just nick yourself in the head after your opponent hits you. So, you know, you start bleeding. It looks like he did it. It looks great. The other method, not so safe, is to tuck it between your bottom lip and your teeth. Uh, and then when the time is right, spit it out in your hand and cut yourself. However, oh, nobody Jesus. wants to be shitting razor blades. So there you go. Um, oh, yeah, when you say your bottom lip, do you mean the mouth or? <laughs> yeah, like, well, yeah, well, nobody wants to be sticking it down there neither, you know. Anywhere, anywhere will do. Um, but yeah, there you go. There's a little inside scoop. Um, and up next, World in Action. Uh, never heard of this up until today, but uh, next, as Mr. Goodman is hounded by a very young reporter, as uh, Larry's beef is rotten. Uh, under the table dealings, fake stamps, stank meat, uh, a tribunal is set up to investigate the claims. Essentially, because uh, like, it doesn't really give us a lot of you know background on this. Essentially, he was accused of weighing and stamping his meat, which sounds sexual. Um, but he was accused of doing it inappropriately, um, and also paying his staff under the table. Uh, he's den- he's denied any wrongdoing, and the tribunal will go on to actually be the longest in the state's history, concluding in 1994. Uh, the tribunal concluded the tax evasion had occurred, but no criminal charges were filed. However. 
the journalist who accused him of all of this, who on World in Action, Susan O'Keefe, she was actually tried and later convicted, but later acquitted for not revealing her sources. So uh, she had gotten all this information from former employees and what have you, but refused to reveal her sources. And as a result, was brought to court over this. So it was actually quite an interesting scandal. Yeah, I'm not sure if this is the same thing, but I, I lived in Carlow for a bit and in Bagnallstown, there was a meat factory. What, what was the name of the company that uh, this was involved in? Oh, I, I don't know if they mentioned it or not. Mm, I can't remember. Larry Goodman's company, I think, is just, is it Goodman? Could be. Oh, okay. Is that too obvious? <laughs> <laughs> Larry's I, I, It's just called Goodman. <laughs> I, I just, I remember, because like in Bangalstown, I remember the factory being, it was there, but it was closed for years. And then when I was in college, it was, <laughs> there was a guy that came up to a group of us and uh, he was trying to, I, I got a weird vibe from him. And then he said like, uh, oh, where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm just outside Bang- Bangalstown as I was at the time. And he was like, oh yeah, my dad used to run a factory out there. And I was like, which one? And I was like, oh, you know, the one across from the Connolly's top line. And I'm like, the meat factory that got closed down for dodgy dealing. And he just like walked away. And and then he started chatting with my friend. And like a week later, my friend was like, oh, I, I might be going out on a date with that guy. And I was like, I, I, I told her, I, I, I wouldn't, I don't want to interfere, but I don't get a good vibe from him. I think his dad is involved in some dodgy dealings and he's quite proud of that factory. <laughs> two days later, she told me about the date. Apparently he brought her in a car up to some hill and started playing like, music from the game fallout i'd like to try and woo her or something he, he he was just very i just got a weird vibe from him and then she ended up getting the same vibe as well and she was like oh my god brian you were right i'm like don't tell me i was right i just i just want to make sure you're safe like that's, just, that's, bit, that's a bigger scandal than dodgy rashers like <laughs> Like it was so strange. Like heir, heir to meet Empire brings, you know, brings Suter in his dodgy Nissan Micro up a hill <laughs> to listen to I don't want to set the world on fire. Fuck <laughs> me, you're on it. Good God. Um, and in more scandal, uh, an investigation into money mismanagement by, by Greencore uh, causes uproar as the company is accused of mishandling public funds to make profits for the financial managers for the company. Uh, the sugar company, which came to prominence after get this, sugar was privatised, uh, was accused of mishandling the benefits of schemes which led to a large-scale investigation. Uh, in Ireland, first you get the sugar, then you get the power. Uh, Jesus Christ. I mean, <laughs> privatisation and corruption. Name a more popular Irish couple. <laughs> <laughs> These two stories are just so, like, so typical. Like, the whole Goodman thing about what, what came out in that tribunal is that... Uh, in later years is that um, the government after this, Albert Reynolds' government, uh, spoiler alert, when he becomes teacher in a couple of years' time, uh, gave like special dispensations to Larry Goodman and his companies like yeah. basically get away with doing stuff that they shouldn't have been doing. And then this 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 Green Corps one as well, like it's just, and I know there was other scandals around this time as well with financial companies and, mm. and things like that. And it just, um, it just is, it's endemic in our society that like, you know, People in power and you know high high higher ups or big big businessmen and all that were just in in bed with political political officials and able to do basically what they wanted. 
And it, it, it involves Shukra and August Pork. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't get over it. Sugar privatization. Um, obviously, you know, they just opened it up to the market like they did with the, the electricity, you know, a couple of years ago. It's just a weird thing to have sugar privatized. But I mean, you're right. Uh, like, I mean, it's just where there's people empowered. There's obviously scandal. And there's also an investigation into the sale of Carysfort College uh, when the Taoiseach is discovered to have been involved in the sale of the property. I mean, Charlie, can you not go five minutes without embarrassing yourself? Um, and this this is this next one. I I don't get. Uh, I I I try to look it up and I just can't wrap my head around it. Telecom Aaron buys a site in Ballsbridge, which leads to another investigation. After Charlie Hockey says certain people should step aside, in which case certain people do end up stepping aside, namely Dermot Desmond and Michael Smurfett. What is going on? Like I have no idea how any of these things connect. Telecom Aaron buys a site in Ballsbridge. Charlie's telling everyone to fuck off. What's going on? Was it to do with like public funds or something that they shouldn't have been using or I'm not too sure. Yeah, they, they didn't elaborate, but like, I just, I, it didn't make sense at all. Um, it was all very suspicious. And then Michael Smurfett's little speech was even weirder because he was like, you know, do you have a message for the Irish people? And he was like, don't lose hope. I'm like, who the hell is losing hope because you're not chairman of Telecom Aaron anymore? I think, I think they said it was like, oh, would you have any, I, he said to the people who work in public service to not lose hope. Uh, oh, is that is I thought it yeah. was to the Irish public in general. So think, I'm just like, well, who really cares? If you're a public servant, don't lose hope. Your job is secure. And it's like, what about the rest of us? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, it, just, it, it was just like that's this big block of corruption. And it was like, here's, here's, here's a scandal. Charlie Hawhey's involved. Here's another scandal. Charlie Hawhey's involved. Here's another <laughs> scandal. Guess who's involved? It's Charlie Hawhey? No, Charlie Hawhey. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like hey i think there might be something wrong with this charlie guy (laughs) (laughs) but i'll tell you what can we have some music to break up the scandalous nature of this program maybe something that doesn't embarrass the irish people ah fuck it here's the big geraniums jeez (laughs) (laughs) these guys are these guys are crazy like the band played home again as gold earrings aplenty and patterned jumpers which would make my nanny's curtain jealous like these lads look like they you you you'd see them at the local fucking vegan market. Um, I've never. It's uh, it's, it's very um, Galway Shop Street busking yeah, attire. Yeah, very <laughs> hipster. Uh, there you go. Actually, I I, I, I spent some time in a uh, spiddle. I, I was doing work experience up there, and I used to uh, hang out at the open mic. Uh, I think it was in Drosh Dove at the time, and I made friends with a guy who was living. I think he might still be there now. There's a group. Uh, basically, all the buskers uh, came together and started a thing called Galway Street Club. But one of them was a guy, his name was Spud Murphy, and he was from Albuquerque. And I I would like bump into him busking uh, every so often. And I was like, oh, how are you doing, man? I was like, oh, yeah, it was great. After the gig last night, I went out busking until three in the morning and someone dropped cocaine into my kick basket. <laughs> and then, then I was like, well, it was a good stuff. And he just stared at me like, do you think I'm going to be picky? <laughs> like, <I was> just <laughs> <laughs> and you were saying as well when because he's from Albuquerque, like you know the way a lot of um, Irish people would go, uh, like they'd emigrate and they'd watch stuff like Father Ted to remind themselves of home or whatever. Apparently, he never saw Breaking Bad until he got to Ireland because everyone kept on saying Albuquerque, Breaking Bad, and he's like, I've never heard of this show before. Oh. <laughs> like, my god yeah that's you know that reminds me i got drunk at a session there a couple of weeks ago and i was talking to my friend's girlfriend who's from canada and out of the blue i apparently just practically jumped on the poor girl sat next to her and went greatest canadian musician go uh and she went uh i don't fucking know brian adams maybe um (laughs) (laughs) so just because somebody's from somewhere you know don't don't take is brian adams canadian yeah yeah 
Simon said that like with such disappointment. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, there you, surely Canada can do better than Brian Adams. Isn't Celine Dion, Dion Canadian? Well, no, she's Swiss. Where is she? Oh, I have no idea. Swiss, Swiss Canadian, maybe. I thought she was French Canadian, and she, but she did sing for Switzerland, which we saw a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but um, that makes I thought sense. she was from anyway. Well, for my money, Bret Hart is the best Canadian singer because he did release a single, and uh, he's it was it was pretty good. And I can't really think of any other Canadian and acts off the top of my head. So I can only think of Rush. Rush or Canadian? I think so. See, oh, yeah, come on, right. Canada, you got to do I better. Think I... <laughs> Michael Bublé is Canadian, and he tweeted uh, the other day that he was getting ready to defrost himself for Christmas. So uh, he knows. He knows when <laughs> he, he knows. becomes self-aware. It's it gets good, um, and uh, up next, Anti Gable as he's talking about sex. How dare he? Uh, he says people have been in touch to say, "Are you aware of the filth on sale?" Uh, a video on sex ed, basically called the Lover's Guide, has provoked much controversy as one guest says, "Jesus Christ would not condone this." Uh, <laughs> Brendan, the man who brought Jesus into it, and his wife with him says. I love Brendan, and whether our sexual relationship reaches the heights that's biologically possible is not important. She's acting like she's the one on video here. Uh, Problem is that Brendan hasn't had a go in a while and has had to turn to Jesus, and he's not happy. This (laughs) is brilliant TV. It's just peak Ireland, isn't it? (laughs) This is just so, there's so much here. It's so good. So, yeah, the lover, the lover. Lover's Guide. Oh, have you either of you seen The Lover's Guide or no. any of those? No. I've seen The Lover's Guide. What? Uh, and it, it, it makes me think like, you know those old fitness uh, VHSs or like the Cut Your Own Hair VHSs I used to go around years ago. I, I, I feel like it's something like that. Like it's very clinical. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's uh, the guy, I think they show a clip of him, I think his name's Dr. Stanway or Stanaway, um, who kind of uh, uh, came up with this lover's guide. So yeah, it is. It, like it's, it is, it's an educational video, but it oh. features people having sex in it. Like it is, it is, it is, it's not porn because, but it's, it's educational porn, I guess maybe. Um, um, but 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 this this couple are just. I mean, Brendan is absolutely <laughs> delighted. He's managed to fool his wife into thinking know, that it right? doesn't matter whether she enjoys sex. That's or not. like your man. Um, people made fun of him. The American guy Ben Shapiro said. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, his what? His wife never has to get wet. Yeah, that a fe- <laughs> was, it, was it him that said that female orgasms are a myth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! I was doing I, I was doing a gig in uh, at the Ballycotton Comedy Festival last night, and I like my set. This set was fairly um, uh, filthy, but I, I did a joke. Um, I, I, I was surprised to work, but I was saying like I, I only found out recently that the talk was about pregnancy, and my parents were saying stuff like, "Well, sometimes he can't finish like that, so he has to go on my back." <laughs> it's just like oh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad for the, the stuff like this that uh, Irish people got liberated sexually enough that they could laugh at that joke. In fact, it yeah, got in, I, like... I, I think you, we kind of need a bit of um, bit of backstory here. So, I mean, did you go out? You, right, I, I'm going to guess you didn't go out of your way after this to watch The Lover's Guide. You, you, you may have oh no, it. I've I have previously seen it. So no, so. You may remember, you guys are around my age or around similar age. So you may remember that when you were a teen, an early teenager, um, the the channels I had, we had Sky, and the channels on Sky. If you went back from like one hundred one, which was Sky One or whatever, yeah, uh, the nine, the high nines, they were all porn channels, right? Base uh, station, base station, uh, and Euro you know, trash, whatever else, yeah, right. Uh, and this, like, you know, this was before. <laughs> 
everyone had a laptop and a good internet connection and uh, Wi-Fi. So, like, you know, you, you took what you could get, get here, right? But these <laughs> these channels, you discover, uh, you know, when you're kind of 14, that these channels do a 10-minute free view um, on the hour, right? So, they used to have a 10 minute. So, you had to pay. It was like, it was like, like a, it was a, su- a subscription or like, a, you know, you pay, like, like if you wanted to buy a movie on Sky, you had to ring up. Imagine ringing up and being like, I want to buy Base Station. Do you, think, anyway, um, do you think people's like virility lasted for longer than ten minutes before the well, advent of Sky? Thing, right. <laughs> so like, so they'd, they'd show these, um, they'd show these, uh, the, these free views, but the odd channel would, they would, and they'd be like the first ten minutes of a, of a porn movie, basically. But like, the, the, nothing would really happen in the ten minutes, and they wouldn't show the rest of the movie, obviously, because you had to pay for that. But yeah. the one thing that they did show if they had it on was the Lover's Guide, which was essentially oh, soft, softcore porn. <laughs> So they need to ed- they educated you before they showed you the real as stuff. a 13 14 year old you know you're yeah. getting free porn here you know yeah. <laughs> it's really good so uh yeah i do i do i do vaguely recall having seen uh, uh there's a good few of them now i think it's, this must have been the original one in 1991 i don't know which one i saw but uh i do i do remember seeing the lover's wow. guide i can imagine in 91 like it would be in a car boot sale along with the rest of the vhs well, it's so. a vhs you gotta go and buy that like you know what yeah. i mean that's <laughs> Who's buying that? Like, I mean, come on, there's better shit out there. You can get it. Yeah, out well, dirty. Bag. Oh, imagine someone's watching that and the VHS is like worn out and like freezes, and that's how they think that that it's done. Yeah, yeah oh. not, it, I, I tell you, who's not buying it is Brendan and Mrs. No. Brendan. They're not. They're not. They're not happy at all. And uh, yeah, it just it just so it just he just brought Jesus into it so quickly. It was just like <laughs> didn't, didn't the, the point events. is that Jesus Christ wouldn't condone this, and you're like, obviously. Yeah, well, they didn't have VHSs back then. Yeah, but like they didn't have videos. <laughs> you know, like come on. Meanwhile, speaking of virgins, uh, a huge sign in Virgin Megastore Dublin is erected, lol, uh, which displays <laughs> the words "condom counter." Uh, the Irish fire, the Irish Family Planning Association is fined as a result. And you couldn't write this stuff, but Bernadette Boner from the Responsibility <laughs> Society condemns the sale, saying it's corrupt. Brilliant. Now I know it's spelt Bonner, but I'm calling her Bonet, Bernadette Boner. Bernadette yeah. Boner promotes condoms at the Virgin Megastore. <laughs> well, she was against him. She was against him now. Oh, sorry. Oh, I got stripped the wrong way around. <laughs> I, went to, uh, I went to school in a, a presentation uh, college. And uh, so we had some presentation brothers. And one of the brothers, brother Sean, and his second name was Boner. Oh. Uh, well, Bonner. But like, he was obviously in a school of all lads called Brother Boner for his whole, uh, for his whole <laughs> tenure there. Just reminded me of that. And the Responsible Society is... <laughs> <laughs> it's to bring it back to wrestling here doesn't it sound like a mid-2000s stable the right to uh, censor yeah like the right to censor the responsible society like that sounds like a cult it does do you know what it, it actually does so, like if you were to picture who the head of the responsible society would be you would actually picture somebody like Bernadette Boner do you know what I mean yeah like, be in bed by seven you know say the prayers eat the vitamins just be responsible no, no hand holding and when you dance leave room for Jesus well, if it's um, going to be the head of the society, Boner works in perfect. There you go. <laughs> perfect. Did we see uh, Bernadette before? Did we? I feel like the 1983 abortion referendum. Mm, oh, possibly. Was she involved there? That's, that is actually starting to ring a bell. I must actually have a look back on my notes. Well, Bell and Boner go. <laughs> <laughs> I can go all day with this. Yeah, yeah, yes. I, thought, um, I thought that... Uh, 
that maybe it was the most recent one that she was campaigning in as well. She's of that ilk anyway, you know, anti everything essentially. Uh, she's yeah. like she's like a an Ian Paisley, but for sexual matters. Have you seen on Twitter that like young Fina Gale or someone or, or Fina Fall are giving out condoms at like colleges? Are they? They're, it's it's weird. They're like sending some, there's like a message on the packet and I don't know, someone was sharing it on Twitter and I was like, well, why? Well, I mean, I, I was, I would imagine, like, imagine you're, you know, you're, get, you're getting hot and heavy, you're like, right, I'll just stop and put a condom on and then you see Fina Gale. <laughs> I mean, that has gone straight away. Like, no way you can complete the act with that in your head. Yeah, the, um, you know, the more popular ones that would probably work would be like I don't know, progressive Democrat condoms or people before profit. Uh, you know, or labor, labor. They go, yeah, yeah. Labor is what comes after. You know, uh, but I was thinking like it'd be actually much better if if they actually had the pictures on the con. You know, like you're trying to lob it in and there's an inflated Leo Varadkar staring back at you. Um, yeah that's something we don't want um up next in an effort to boost boost the economy the government unveils a radical new scheme of which we are not given the details um while the queues for emigration pile up under the new morrison visa one woman says with a law degree that she's working in mcdonald's and hopes that america can provide a better life for her they've got mcdonald's over there so you could try work over there yeah. <laughs> or she said it was like an apprenticeship or something that she couldn't get her for like a law apprenticeship or something or yeah. I don't know yeah definitely a, a sign of how bad things are uh, meanwhile 20,000 people flee Albania following the economic collapse of their country uh, a scary moment as we see a lot of them nearly fall into the ocean as they're turned back from Italy um, also in European affairs the uh, peace in Yugoslavia seems further away as political leaders exploit ethnic hatreds as the Serb-led federal army uh, has Dubrovnik under siege the Croatian city of Volovar is also besieged as we see elderly folk trudge their way through the streets as they flee the chaos uh, one lady talks about how they've killed her friends and they don't want a war and they do not hate this this right here, this is what I remember seeing on the news growing up. Because I remember distinctly, and I only said this to my wife not long ago, um, Albania, when I was growing up, Albania was the country that, like, when you donated clothes or food to charity, that's where it went. Um, like, I just remember for years, Albania was the country that we gave all of our stuff to. Yeah, it's it was it was all over... Um the 90s i guess this this the conflict in that part of the world in the balkans and all that so yeah you saw scenes like this repeated unfortunately throughout the decade and we'll probably see it in the next few episodes yeah um, particularly from time to time of yugoslavia particularly i just yeah they actually had a decent football team i remember that because they used to play they used to get drawn with ireland in the competitions the whole time and they, they i think we beat them more often than they beat us but they were still pretty decent yeah i do there was a qualifying campaign i think it was for euro 2000 and we got yugoslavia and croatia in the same group yes, which means they played each other while the war was going on i think they might have played at a neutral venue um oh would you uh, really want to be celebrating winning against them when they were going through a war and we were just like yeah. I know. Well, we beat Brian. <laughs> we beat we beat Yugoslavia good in that campaign, as I recall, yeah. uh, and then didn't qualify. But anyway, um, yeah, like the uh, like the scenes there at the end of that, the, the woman who's speaking um, to the camera and saying like, "We still don't hate. We still don't hate." That's really like that was very uh, upsetting actually when I was watching the, the, yeah. the clip because it's such like it's just horrible. It's hor- it was horrible what happened to uh, to so many people in that in that in that in that region. Um, yeah, after communism fell. 
Um, meanwhile, back home, we're getting absolutely battered by storms as we're hit with 100 mile an hour winds and flooding, killing a total of 14 people. Um, and another Beirut hostage is freed this year. Uh, Terry Waits is freed. Um, and Jackie Mann is united with his wife, Sonny. Uh, Sonny Mann, you know, n- nice name. Uh, and we saw Brian Keenan freed last year. This year, his companion, John McCarthy, is also freed, crediting Brian for keeping him sane throughout his entire captivity. So, you know, the, the whole deal in Beirut seems to be kind of wrapping up. Um, and they're like, you know, hey, look, we've actually got no need for these Europeans anymore. So we probably should send them home. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> when we saw Brian Keenan released last week, he didn't mention your man once. No, actually. You know, like, so. He was like, fuck that guy. I'm not looking at him for the last couple of years. Do I don't want to be looking at him again. Do you think John McCarthy was like, you know, ringing Brian Keenan up? Like, oh, I've been released. Will we go for a beer? And Brian's like, oh, I'm, I'm washing my hair. I'll, uh, I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you. I'm washing what's left it's of like, my hair. I fucking spent four years with this guy. I don't want to go for a beer with him. No, fuck that. Um, and uh, up next, Enya with a young Anakin Skywalker. Uh, she sings Caribbean Blue. Uh, why are her fucking music videos so bloody trippy? Like every last one of them is like her singing and a load of watercolor paintings in the background. It's like a full on acid trip. I was asking uh, my girlfriend because she's from the States, but every other, she said they didn't do this, but I've like anytime American students were coming over to UL, they, everyone had the same story of like around Christmas, they would sit in front of the fire and listen to Enya. And uh, like, even, even the families that weren't like Irish American or anything like that, they, they, they all told me the same thing. They it would sit in front of the fire and listen to Enya. And I can picture the scene, but I don't know why, like <laughs> why they would cho- choose to do it. Like, <laughs> such a weird thing. That's like us sitting in front of the fire listening to Michael Bublé. Well, no, that's a Christmas album. That's a Christmas album. Yeah. I'm trying to think it was a really passive. Well, actually, no, we've, there's, there's really only one Enya, isn't there? Um, yeah. Moby, Moby. There you yes. Go. Moby. Yes. <laughs> and, I, and I say that because my immediate thought when I think of Enya is being homesick from school, watching the telly, and nothing but ads of those chill-out albums. Come oh, yeah. Oh, the there ones with the, the time. Yeah. The yellow text scrolling down, like all these hits you're supposed to have heard of before. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's literally just a beat with so, ha, her, ha. It's like, great, chanting monks for fourteen ninety nine. I can actually recreate it there. Two seconds. I feel like I'm back sick from school already. <laughs> you know, my first ever gig was a Moby gig. Oh, really? Yeah. What an odd gig to go yeah. to. Like, I'm not, you know me, like, I'm obsessed with sport. I'm not a huge music like person i'm not you know i'm not i'm not uh i like a sing song but i'm not uh i'm not one for going to gigs and stuff like that but yeah my, no, my dad brought me when i was about I don't know, 11 or 12 maybe to in the in the the point as it was then uh to moby yeah very good Do you know yeah, I, yeah. I was uh, i was walking through oxygen 2010 and uh at that point i was 19 yeah just gone 18 um and i started losing my hair so i decided hey fuck it i'm gonna shave it bald uh and i had just gotten my ear pierced as well uh big gold hoop in my ear and uh, I was walking through the grounds of the festival and uh, somebody from the blue camp shouted, Jesus, you know, things are rough when Moby is strutting his stuff down here. You <laughs> <laughs> oh, wouldn't want to be sensitive. No, um, which is, uh, you know, that, that was actually great because the guy who I was with, uh, my good friend, Alan, who had a massive, massive afro at the time. Uh, literally, we walked about 10 feet before somebody shouted, because I got high. La, da, 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 da. So, you, you wouldn't want to be sensitive going to Austin, I tell you that much. Um, in London, the Birmingham Six are finally freed. Uh, they've been 
wrongly convicted of a mass murder carried out by the IRA. Paddy Hill gives a scathing promo on the British government as he says uh, that they were told they were to be framed uh, to keep the bigwigs happy and they don't have the intelligence to spell the word justice which was just very like you could sense the emotion uh, in his voice but also in the actions it does around him hugging and you know they're freed I suppose of 14 years you know um, or however long it was just basically to be told yeah you're stuck here for the rest of your bloody life and to get finally get out you know which just must have been just such a great relief was it, that was where your man was screaming on the microphone at the street showing like they don't know justice whatsoever like that was second scary how that the, the the, the the way he was yelling into it like yeah he, he well i mean if he was wrongly convicted and locked up for years i mean you could tell he had a few choice words of the british government really yeah right outside yeah. the front door as well like yeah. and i mean it turns out we knew anyway at the time everyone would have known but he you know it turns out he was 100% right in terms of the corruption and the you know the scandals that are still coming out about um, britain in the north oh yeah. yeah they're they're still pretty much refusing to acknowledge any wrongdoing but but hey, here we are. Um, and in Moscow, a communist group ousts Gorbachev in a coup. Uh, however, player three enters the game and Boris Yeltsin takes command uh, and Gorbachev is freed from house arrest. Gorbachev, oof, he's seen better days. He's not looking too well when he comes back from house arrest. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure how much fun the house arrest was. Well, I mean, you know, we've all kind of been on house arrest for the last two years, really. But this so is I'm... it. You probably picture it as a lockdown, but when hardline communists force you to stay at home, I think there might be. <laughs> was it house arrest or home arrest? Because yeah. if it was, which house? Oh, no, this isn't our house at all. This is horrible. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is someone else's house. It'd be like fucking your man, oh, uh, Julian Assange, where he ran to the, was it the... the, the oh, oh, he got... Um, the Ecuador? Oh, yeah. Ecuadorian embassy, yeah. Uh, and now he can't leave there. And how much fucking crack must an embassy be? Oh, no, there was the video. No, he's he was taking it. There was videos. I think he was in, like, Switzerland or something. He was somewhere in Scandinavia. But he was dragged out, like... They, they took him out of the embassy. And it was like he was crowd surfing the guards. Like, they were dragging him out with his legs up in the air, like... This was like a couple of years ago, but there's videos of him inside the embassy skateboard and then stuff on the, the wooden floors. Like he was stuck there for years. Like. I'd say the guy who lives underneath him must be fucking raging. <laughs> like this is Sanj fucker again, Jesus. And I can't say anything; he'll leak my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knows too much, fucker. Um, we also see that Century Radio goes under after just two years as the company goes into liquidation. The woman who gave the announcement of the radio made it seem like it was some sort of national emergency. But, okay, so the last time I was on, it was 89, when, and Century Radio started <laughs> yeah, with Marty Whelan. Did anything happen in 1990? Well, nothing, like... <laughs> nothing with Century Radio, no. No, nothing about them. Nothing at all. It's just, you know, hey, we're here. No, we're gone. And um, why Century? It wasn't 100 years. It wasn't at the advent of a century. It was only two years. <laughs> yeah, they were probably hoping to make it to 100. Um, but no, alas, they've only made it. Uh, they barely made it 100 days. Or hundred, uh, maybe it's Century Radio because it's technically a hundred weeks. Um, <laughs> and uh, in the football, a battle of epic proportions in the semi-final as Dublin and Mees have to play each other four times. Uh, Simon, <laughs> you're the resident <laughs> sports guy. You know more about this than I do. Yeah, it was, it, this is a famous um, series. So Mees at the time were very strong. They had won the All Ireland, um, I think, in '87, uh, and been to a couple of finals as well. And uh, obviously were very strong again in 91 um, and Dublin were kind of um, always like meets traditional rivals or me they're always Dublin's traditional rivals so this was just one yeah there was a couple of freak incidents in the various games and um, and they drew three times in a row so they had to play 
four games to 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 get a winner, and uh, it really built up. Um, I was saying in the ninety ninety episode last week um, with Jess that uh, you know the GA really had to stand up to the challenge of the soccer becoming so popular yeah. uh, under Jack Charlton. So uh, this was one of the things they really leaned on was this like this rivalry between Dublin and Meath and these these four games, and uh, they were just all so tense and so close. Obviously, three draws, and then Meath won this this uh, the, the last replay. Um, by one point and of course back then the championship was straight knockout so that was Dublin gone uh, once Meath had beaten them you know there was no back door so uh, it really built the intrigue and, and, and there was a lot of uh, a lot of buys on the uh, on the, the match on matches on TV and a lot of people in the stands so uh, it was it was very good news for GA and they love a replay in the GA that's oh, they're they, famous for loving a replay because oh, of all the filthy ticket money absolutely <laughs> all the money money jewels money um, and of course Meath would lose down in the final um, so you know for, it didn't really end well for Meath they're probably knackered after playing four times yeah um, <laughs> and in the hurling Tippy Kilkenny did you see the handshake that wasn't a handshake oh yeah with the when passing yeah. off the trophy like. yeah he goes to pass our favourite our favourite staple of uh, trophy yeah. presentations Yep, and actually, big shout out to Bally Gunner who won the Waterford County final today, which was featured on TG Car. Which, uh, because they refused to update the pitch, they left the big gate open, and you could clearly see my dad's house. So, famous. Oh, nice. uh, yeah, it's a fucking shocking stadium. I swear to Christ, uh, just it, so bad on telly. Kieran, Bally Gunner are so dominant in Waterford that they have to start a Twitter page saying, "Did Bally Gunner win the championship?" And it'll just be ah, yes, yes, I like it. yes. I like it. Uh, unfortunately, they beat my parish, so. You know, we haven't won it since I think '86, and yeah. uh, Ballygunner won it the last four years in a row. So, if anybody wants to go out there and kneecap Desi Hutchinson, well, don't because you know the man plays for Brighton too. So let's let's be. Yeah, I, I work with one of the Ballygunner lads. I'll see if I can. Uh, oh, really? get, a, get a sledgehammer to the knee at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might get the sack. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that is actually going to do it there for this week's episode. Then before we go, uh, oh, actually no, my apologies, it's not. Uh, we've still got one segment here. I, I read, I read on too far. Uh, up next, Jared Collins says Albert Reynolds is going to try uh, and chuck. Charlie out of the party as Fianna Fáil is divided once more Reynolds refuses to sign uh, was resign rather and Ch- Charlie refuses to move from his post um, after a 14 hour meeting oof, uh, Charlie ends up winning 55 votes to 22 I'm guessing that 14 hours was pretty much Charlie just trying to bribe people yeah, or threaten people or just do what yeah. he always did and press gang people into voting. And even the fact it's an open vote in the end, like that was always the big thing was that he always wanted them to be open votes because people had to sh- stand up in front of him and vote for or against mm-hmm. him. And a lot of people were so scared of him that they just wouldn't do that if, if, they, if he knew, you know, they were so afraid that if they voted against him, he'd just get rid of them and, you know, they'd never yeah. get a ministry or anything. It'd be interesting to see who voted, who the 22 were that voted against him and where they are now. Which which uh, which part of the new road are they currently holding up? You know, <laughs> this is the second longest meeting of political battle that I've heard of. The, the other one was a twenty four hour filibuster in uh, UL because apparently the postgrad student union took money that they weren't supposed to have taken uh, to buy toasters, and Fuck. they didn't want to admit that they took the money, so they shite it on for 24 hours in the student union and then i then like i think the red student president student president or whatever he was away on holiday and he came back and he was like lads did you take the money they're like yes and i was like why why are you doing this and i was like oh for the crack <laughs> like, oh, that actually sounds that sounds so fun uh, and we know this was, was it was it ul or was it galway in the last couple of episodes had a debate for 24 hours and then yeah that was galway and then ucd that, and jerry ryan came in and took the crown yeah. Jerry Ryan, really? 
Yeah. Well, he was like just there because there was a red. Is there a celebrity? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Have you seen a clip of him um, with Gordon Ramsay? No. He was like interviewing Gordon Ramsay for some RTE show, and he was in Gordon Ramsay's house, and they were talking about him being aggressive on television and everything. And then Gordon Ramsay says, "Oh, well, it's easy for you to say that because uh, you're not like that at all." And then Jerry Ryan was like, "Yeah." I'm just a puppy dog. I'm harmless. And then he screams like the C word. He calls him like, I can be a C word if I wanted to. And like Gordon Ramsay's just there. Like he's in his house. His kids are in the next room. And he's like, I've, I've seen that clip, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then like oh, the, no. the interview just ends. Like they have to kind of carry on the show without him. Like because he kicks him out. Like, oh no, that's, oh God, that sounds absolutely terrifying. Yeah. yeah, that's well. No, that I've actually secondhand discomfort from that now. Um, but uh, yeah. So before we go this evening, as we always do at the end of every show, we will have a reflect on our whole episode and uh, pick three people if we wanted to who we would bring to a dinner party. So I'm going to go ahead and start with Brian this week. So Brian, if you were to pick any three people that you've come across in this week's episode to bring to your house for a little dinner party, who would that be? Who would the three people be? Uh, first of all, Twink, um, just to just to get the lowdown and just have like uh, zip up your Mickey playing in the background the yeah. whole time to see what happens. <laughs> um, I'd have Magic Johnson over just to play basketball with him. I'll set up hoop in the back. He doesn't have to associate with Twink at all. And yeah. then uh, Boris Yeltsin, um, uh, because uh, as I mentioned before, there's the whole story of him uh, getting drunk on the way to Shannon and then uh, feeling a bit too ill to leave the plane. So <laughs> I'll, have, I'll have Boris and Twink uh, having a good old chat and then I'll just go play basketball with Magic Johnson and get uh, my hoop handed to me. Uh, excuse the pun. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, Simon, who, who would you pick? And uh, I hope your hoop isn't getting handed to you. Uh, hopefully not, no. Um, who would I pick? Okay, so um, I have got a couple of options here. Again, a lot of, like a lot of these episodes, there's a lot of people you just wouldn't want to bring to a dinner party. Yeah. Um, like Larry Goodman, I mean, he'd be bringing rotten beef. Um, <laughs> you know, Albert Reynolds would be trying to tear down the whole party. Oh, uh, you know, cut the party in two or whatever Jerry Collins said. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a few who, who I wouldn't entertain. I think the first person I'll have in will be Paddy Hill mm. from uh, from uh, Birmingham 6. Uh, just such an interesting story, life story. I mean, like, you know, obviously total terrible injustice done on, on him and the other uh, members of that, of that of that group but um i definitely get paddy in he'd be a very interesting uh a very interesting dinner guest i guess um i think i will <laughs> I, I i will bring one of the cast of the commitments one yeah well we're only i'm uh, yeah like, like i would have said a couple like brian you know Back in the day, I did enjoy the frames, but uh, I, I wouldn't be the biggest Glenn Hansard fan anymore. Uh, yeah. So probably not bring him. So I might bring uh, I might bring Jimmy Rabbit himself, who I can't, I can't remember the actor's name, but uh, the main the main fellow who organised the band. I'll bring I'll bring him along because that'd be a bit of crap. But it's got to be the character. He's got to be in character. Yeah. Uh, and maybe we could form a band from you know me and Paddy Hill and, and whoever else is uh, is 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 going to be there um, so I'll bring him and then the uh, the last person I will bring will be Storming Storm and Norman uh, <laughs> Norman Schwarzkopf from the US Army <laughs> just, just a good name uh, to be fair yes I, I'm sure he'd have some interesting stories and he'd probably bring some some fine wine or, uh, or, or of all the stories he has and you're just like so where'd you get the name Storman <laughs> it's like it, it, it rhymes with Rhymes with Norman. (laughs) All right. He'll he'll bring the dessert storm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there we go. That's 
that's why I'm not invited <laughs> to dinner. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, much like Simon, I would actually bring Paddy Hill as well, uh, just because I feel like he's got a few interesting stories to tell. I would definitely bring Bernadette Boner, um, just just <laughs> for the sheer hell of it, to find out more about this responsible society. Um, and I would definitely bring Doctor Sex Tape. He just seems like a very, very down and dirty man. <laughs> <laughs> so that is going to do it for this week's episode of Reeling in Your Ears. We've, of course, covered 1991, which means next week it's going to be the greatest year of all time, the year I was born, 1992. Uh, plenty of tricks and treats in store as we approach Halloween. Uh, if you want to keep up with what's going on, find out updates about the show and about those who dwell within it, um, at Twitter at R-I-Y-E podcast. That's where you'll find us. You'll also find this podcast and the, you know, uh, the eminence of our voices wherever you find your podcasts um of course a big shout out to everybody in eastern europe who's been listening in to make this the number one historical irish podcast based on a tv series there you go um and i would like i said i've got the stats to prove it um so a big thank you as always to my co-host mr simon chadwick thank you once again thank you karen and congratulations on our milestone of our 30th episode yes exactly it's 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 like me it's hurdling towards 30 Yes, but our show isn't crying inside. <laughs> no, our knees, our knees are starting to hurt. There you We've go. had to settle down. You know, yeah. it's and we're staring middle age in the face. Uh, yeah, there we are. We're, we're slowly encroaching it, and you know, they always say when you start to get over thirty, first the left knee, then the right knee, then the weenie goes. So. Uh, <laughs> That, that's such a Brendan Grace joke but anywho um, and thank you once again to our guest who uh, has been on for this episode and of course a previous one as well uh, for doing the two so thank you Mr. Brian McCormack thank you very much for having us on I, I did enjoy listening to the, uh, it, uh, the show Evans episode if you haven't gone out to Sox there uh, I, I know them I know them fairly well and I do recommend them as well aha uh-huh. Um, so yes thank you once again and thank you everybody out there for listening to us and to as always um, you know for for for, for showing support uh, so be sure to head over to our Twitter page as I said um, and you know keep on listening and we're of course going to be sharing uh, all of those Twitter pages that Simon is going to be coming across so we're, you're definitely in for some entertainment um, so be sure to check us out Facebook, Twitter etc um, and as always keep on listening. Immerse yourself in blissful classics. Chill out. <laughs>